is Making Sense of Movies. I'm Elena. I'm Claire. And today we're talking about our top five movies of the decade. Because, you know, the decades, we're entering a new decade. So yeah, this is 2019 very... is going to be over. The 2020 decade is going to start. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. <laughs> lots, of, lots of new movies coming up, but lots of old movies to look back on. So we're going to just go over. Just a disclaimer, um, these, are, these are like Claire and mine's top five movies. These are also movies we haven't talked about before, so some of like my personal favorite movies, we didn't want to like talk about them again. So these are movies that we thought were the best of the decade. Obviously, people have different tastes and different lists. Mm-hmm. But we're going to start with the most recent film. So the most recent is going to be Knives Out, which is directed by Ray Johnson, if you don't know, did the most recent Star Wars film. Oh, we, we remember that one. And people won't forget about that. People will forget. It's kind of, it almost tainted Ryan Johnson's career. Seriously? Oh yeah, for sure. Low-key, I didn't know he had a career before Star Wars, but then I looked at his IMDb and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. like he made other movies. Yeah, but this has nothing to do with Star Wars. Star Wars, we're going uh, to Knives Out. This came mm-hmm. out this year in like Thanksgiving, that's when I saw it. Yeah. Um, and it's basically like a whodunit, mm-hmm. um, except Except, like, all rich white people get their comeuppets. And yeah. it was really, really good. Yeah. I, I really liked it. No, I love whodunit movies. And what I really... I was nervous for this one at first because you get to a point in the movie where you know who did it. And I'm like... I, yeah, I'm I was like, not expecting that. What the heck's going to happen from here? Yeah. But, like, they really pulled through. I just felt like all the characters were so fun to watch. Just they were. The dynamics between each other... And just, like, their inner, what they were thinking and how uh, the main um, girl, oh, her name. Um, it's Anna Mar- uh, Maria. Maria. No, Marta. 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 Yeah. Um, so if you don't know the plot, basically it's Christopher Plummer plays the uh, patriarch of this really rich family. He had sold all these mystery books and he dies. And at first it's ruled as a suicide, but a private detective played by Daniel, Daniel Craig in a great southern accent. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot what his name in the movie is, but he comes, he's like, nah, it's not suicide, it's murder, because someone we don't know hired him to investigate it. And he kind of teams up with the local cops, played by Lakeith Stanford, and then this other guy I don't know about, but I like, (laughs) let's go with that. And then they also kind of team up with his nurse, played by Anna de Armas, who, um, her name in the film is Marta. So they're kind of all trying to figure it out while the family is all like bickering with each other. And mm-hmm. everyone in the family has a motive of why they would kill the the patriarch of this family. Mm-hmm. So it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically like a story of just how a family is corrupted by money. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Money ruins everything, yeah. clearly. And the um, Christopher Plummer's character like recognized that was happening to his yeah. family. And, so and was trying to... He cut them basically off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the end, and then he get in his will. He changed it where he gives all of the money to Marta, and I think it's so funny because in the beginning of the film, they're all like, "Oh, Marta, you're basically part of the family. You've she's been, um, you know, Christopher Plummer's. I forgot his name in the movie. Um, his nurse for five years. Like they they have a very close relationship um, compared Marta. to literally everyone else in his family. Like he's not really close with anyone else, but mm-hmm. he does." You know, he has a very close relationship with Marta, and he gives all of his money and his mansion to Marta, and the entire family, like, all of a sudden, like, they turn, because mm-hmm. they don't have any income anymore. Yeah. None of them had, like, real jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. One of the scenes that I really liked is the whole family, well, not the whole family, but some of the family members were talking about immigration and having a conversation about, oh, 
um, what's the right way for an immigrant to get into the country? And one of the main things was, like, Marta, she was an illegal immigrant. Her mother was an illegal yeah. immigrant. And there's one part where the one guy is, like, totally kind of bashing immigrants, and then at the same time is handing her his cup. Yeah. Like a servant. I'm just like, oh my gosh. There's definitely, like... such a messed up family. I wouldn't even say undertones. It's just overt tones of, like, clearly Rain Johnson had something to say, Mm -hmm. but he didn't do it in a way where you were like, oh great, like, this is a movie about, you know, a stance on immigration or a stance on, you know, like, white capitalist society. It was, like, a fun whodunit, but it also plays with those themes really well. He didn't, like, beat you over the head with it, which is sometimes overwhelming. Yeah, and it was was well done. Mm -hmm. Trying to think. Also, um... Chris Evans is in this movie. He wears a great white sweater. I knew you were going to say something about the sweater. His sweater is incredible. I yeah. really wish I had it. Mm-hmm. He looks great. He plays the grandson. He's named Ransom. And spoiler alert, he's the villain of our movie. Mm-hmm. He actually... So in half... Not even halfway. I want to say maybe like 45 minutes into it maybe. Mm-hmm. You figure out that Marta believes she was the one to kill Christopher Plummer's character because she mixed up his medication. She was giving him morphine and something else and she actually gave him too much morphine and instead of calling 911 Christopher Palmer's character who you know is this big mystery writer novel not mystery novel writer um (laughs) it's like no you go I'll slit my throat and you'll have to come back and like has this whole plan to seem as if he died later in the night and not before Mm -hmm. and then you figure out that um Ransom switched the medication, and that's why she thought she was giving him the wrong one because he switched the labels. But she was such a good nurse, nurse that, that she, she recognized, and since one weighed more than the other, she just by default picked up the right one. Right one, and you realize he didn't need to die. If she had just called 911, yeah. he oh. would have lived. And like that was also like a gut punch where it's like, oh, yeah. like, like he didn't need to die. He didn't need to do any of this. And then, like... And then, you know, it was his own pride that, mm-hmm. you know, killed him. I mean, he would have lived longer. He was old, but, like, yeah. still. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I love about this movie, though, is that Daniel Craig's character, you can't tell if he's, like, completely confident, totally on top of it, or, he's, or just has no freaking idea what's going yeah, on. because there's points where he's just, like, asking questions. They're like, why are you here? He's like, <laughs> he's, like, avoiding it. Or he's like, it's a hole within a donut hole. <laughs> yeah, a lot of good lines. He's singing. He's like, at one point he's in the car and he's just like singing to music. Like, and then it's literally not till the end of the movie where he's the one who figures out like Ransom was the one to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, where you're like, oh, like maybe he's actually a good detective. Like he's very reminiscent of um, that guy from the Orient Express. Oh, Ken Brana's character. Yeah, his yeah. character. Like they're very, I think in the same vein of this like, Male detective, yeah. you know, famous detective. Yeah, Kenneth Branagh's character though was a lot more on top of it than Daniel Craig. Yeah, was. but I think that gave it like humor. Oh, definitely. And actually, there, Brian Johnson talked about having Daniel Craig back for a sequel, not of this particular story, like not continuing the story, but um, putting him in, in another murder mystery or like. What right? I would see that. Yeah, he was actually really good, and like mm-hmm. for some reason, I just don't see Daniel Craig like outside of, um, like. 007, like James yeah. Bond, but he did a movie called Logan Lucky, where he also plays oh, kind of like yeah. a dumb, like southern guy, and I feel like he has a, a knack for it. Like yeah. he's, he's good at it. No, I'm glad he gets to like stretch his like comedic chops in this. Yeah, he's funnier than you think he is. Yeah, he seems so serious all the time. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. Um, 
Anything else you have to say about Knives Out? I highly recommend. We mentioned it in our last podcast when we talked about Clue. It's a oh, yeah. it's a really funny kind of, you know, um, contemporary murder mystery that, you know, I, I like to not see it coming. Yeah. Even when, like, I was like, oh, of course it's not a suicide. But I didn't figure, like, oh, that's how he died or that's how everything was going to be end up. So mm-hmm. I was... Very well surprised and I enjoyed it. Yeah, and it wasn't one of those murders where it's like, oh, no one could have ever guessed that. It's like, it was set up in a way that, like, this makes sense and they're just not pulling something random out at the very end. Like, if you could watch this again, which I haven't been able to since it's in theaters, yeah, um, you could probably, like, there's clues and stuff that it was uh, Chris Evans' character who did it. Yeah. One more important thing, what? they are having showings of Knives Out that are all ugly sweater themed. So everyone's been going just in ugly sweaters, and I think that's really cute, and I love that. Oh, I think that's adorable. Yeah. It's a good marketing tool, too. Yeah, that's true. Okay, right, so that concludes our fifth, our first um, <laughs> top movie of the decade. Let's go to number four. All right, next we're going to talk about Annihilation. Annihilation. So I had not seen Annihilation before. Claire was the one who picked this movie, and I had decided for this podcast I'd watched it for the first time. As someone who has who has been like science, like my, my major is is quite in the STEM field, I did appreciate this movie. It was really well done. Thank you. That's well, that's one of the reasons I really liked it. I really love just like, you know, women characters in STEM, and they're but they it's not like they felt very humanized. Like that wasn't their only yeah. personality trait. You know, this is based off a book, and I read oh. that the book is is literally completely different from the movie. Oh. Like, what they took from the book was that feeling, like, the they didn't, it wasn't even called the shimmer in the book. So if you don't know what Annihilation is about, it's about five women, a biologist, psychologist, paramedic, um, surveyor, sociologist, and a physicist. And they go into this area that you see in the beginning of the movie that, like, some meteoroid from space crash, and there's all these weird things going on. And they're, like, this one party that had gone in. And different parties had gone in, but they've died. And a lot of military parties. A lot of so this military is why they're sending. They're sending. They send, I think it's the, I think in the book it's the first all-female, and it seems like that way in the movie. They seem to only show male people going in, and they're also all scientists, which is why it's a little different. And they basically go in to see what's going on and like what's happening and why no one else has come back alive. And um, I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, but in, in the movie it's like, the way it works, this area X, which is where they go into in the film, like it's it's described much differently. Mm, okay. So it was very, and also the plot's really different. But I really liked it. Yeah, I love the way just everything looked. It was very they like they took a lot from two thousand one Space Odyssey, where it was very almost like you're in a lava lamp, you know? Yeah, it was a it was a lot of like this rainbow shimmer, like the yeah. water had a reflective. And I watched a video where. They said it looked as if it was, like, soap in water. Yeah. That, like, rainbow shimmer. That was really cool. That, like, kind of gave it this otherworldly thing. Yeah. And throughout the whole movie, like, I couldn't understand. But they did a really good job where I was in a constant state of nerves and, like, disgust. Oh. So throughout the whole film, you see all these different mutations. And I couldn't really understand why I was feeling this way. And I realized because it's all so unnatural. Yeah. The mutations, like, the flowers are blooming and they're all from the same branch that they're all different flowers the animals are like mutating 
in like vast different ways where like they're cross-reading with different species which is yeah, like they're all not impo- this is like impossible in real life and it, everything just looked unnatural and that yeah that way like it just made me feel like like I don't understand what's going on and mm-hmm. I don't know like there were points where I was like cringing at the movie I was like I don't understand <laughs> like because you know think like and also it flashes forward to Natalie Portman's character she's the main character she's the biologist how she's being interviewed so right in the bat you know she's the only survivor so when you watch them go in you know the other four women die you just don't know how it just makes it so much more nerve-wracking and just that and the music which is just like the music was really good overtone yeah the visuals Um, and the music do a really good job of setting this very like uncomfortable unnatural mm -hmm. tone where you're supposed to be on edge the whole time and, like, there wasn't a point where it stopped. Where mm-hmm. There's always, a, in the back of my head, mind, I was thinking, what's going to happen next? Yeah, no, I was feeling that same way. But for a lot of the time, I was just, it, I felt the opposite way. I thought it was just all very common because I really liked going through and, like, seeing from their eyes, like, oh, this is, like, it's unnatural, but it's, like, such a beautiful nature. And look at the the weird humanoid flowers. It was, it was, like, beautiful in a way. Um, and, yeah, it was, like, beautiful but also, like, disturbing um, but yeah, there was in the one point in the film they go to I guess what was an area where people lived because mm-hmm. they did say they evacuated like a swamp populated area and there are all these people that are not even people there are all these flowers that are shaped like people and that's yeah. when the physicist says if you test these flowers they probably have human hox genes which are mm-hmm. genes that humans have to do like the structure and everyone's like that's crazy and I'm like. And that was my one thing where I was like, why do they keep saying things this is crazy? Like, literally look at where they are. Yeah, like, you don't just get attacked by, like, some mutated alligator and just be like, like oh, that's uh, crazy, these flowers. These flowers are crazy. Like, that's the least crazy thing that was yeah. going on. Okay, wait, can we talk about the bear scene? The, the bear, bear scene! Oh, okay, so if you've seen, I have to say this, if you have seen, um, The Hunger Games Catching Fire, the second movie, there's these birds that mimic someone's voice and this the bear compared to the birds literally has could fucking kill the birds yeah the voices there mean nothing so there's this there so this is there are four of them left one of them had died by being killed by this bear when they were i think it's i don't think it's a bear i think it's like a a pig also it's like a weird combination yeah but there was one girl who was like killed earlier, but no one saw it except for sure. two of the girls. Two of the girls. So the whole two of the girls saw it, and then Natalie Portman's character saw the dead body and was yeah. like confirmed she's dead. And yeah. then they go to this other house, and Gina Rodriguez's character, who she's also really well done, she like in the before they find this video made by the other expedition expeditions, and they basically what they do is that they cut out oh, this wait. guy's stomach, and you can see these like worms moving, like literally like slithering. It was throughout. gross. I hated that and part. And they find his body, and it's it's so I don't know how to describe it. It's like there are these flowers and moss and like, it's mosaic fungus. Like, it's like becoming part of the part of it, yeah. and it was like his body. He obviously died, but he was you know preserved in this moss and flowers and it was beautiful yet highly disturbing so Rodriguez's character she starts to she's like i can see my fingerprints moving and she's like if you cut me open will i be like that guy and she starts to get really paranoid so she ties up the other three women and she's like yo like what happened to the other girl she clearly like i didn't see her die the physicist didn't see her die. You were the only two people. Like, what if we're all just hallucinating? Because there were two theories why everyone else had died. Mm-hmm. Either 
there were weird creatures in Area X that was killing them, or they all went crazy and they died. Mm-hmm. And this was at the same point where she had found the locket with the only other surviving military guy, and it was obviously, like, Oscar Isaac, who's her husband. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention that. The yeah. biologist goes in because her husband came back. Yeah. But he, like, doesn't remember how he got there, and he's really, really sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why she's going. She wants to see if she can help him. And then Gina Rodriguez's character finds this out, and she's like, nah, you're lying to me. Like, let's go. And then all of a sudden, you hear the fifth girl's voice. Just screaming. Screaming. And what did I... I wrote... I'm like... I'm, I'm like, wait. Like, I really wrote who was yelling. Like, we saw her dead body. That can't be her. And then all of a sudden, she gets attacked. And then there's this bear hog creature and its face it's like it has like the skull of like a polar bear mm. and you can see it's like mouth it's like super it's like protruded out you can see the bone but you can also see it has fur it's really disturbing yeah and when it roars it not only does it roar it has the voice of the woman that the bear killed so it's so disturbing oh and it's just so close to her face and it just yeah. like it makes you just so so nervous yeah, yeah, I wrote start sickening in my notes. Mm-hmm. So I was like, because also, I think what also made sickening was that it still roared like a bear. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just her voice that was coming out. It was, it would have, like, the first part would be a roar, and then it would have her yell, like, as if she's in pain. Yeah, you know what? This, such good sound editing. from Such good part, sound such editing. Such good sound editing and such good visual effects. I don't they, think it won... Or I don't know if it was nominated for anything, but it really should have been. It should have gotten more was, credit. I feel like yeah, I feel like this movie did not get it. It was credit. it was very much overlooked. So then after also Gina Rodriguez's character dies, there's then there were three, um, and then the physicist just becomes one of the human flower, which it makes me think: are the other are those other flower things human too? Maybe. Did she have a choice? I was very confused by that. I think that was her choice because the, one of the main subjects in this is that. The reason she made it out alive is because she had a reason to, and none of the other girls had a reason to yeah. to leave. And like they didn't they didn't have anyone waiting for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the physicist is like, she's like, I don't have anything here. Like, I don't want to go to the lighthouse. Like, I don't want to. I have nothing bad for me. And then she like walks away, and then you see like at least ten or fifteen like human flower people that are like super beautiful, but also like you kind of realize that these were human beings these weren't flowers that it's were that, that were like yeah. that were you know grown to look like people there mm-hmm. were people that became these like flower sculptures it was yeah yeah oh, i'm trying to think what else well then there's the ending at the lighthouse yeah <laughs> the lighthouse the no. one thing i did like was that the lighthouse was so white and everything else in the movie was incredibly colorful yeah so you have that really dark contrast and then in the lighthouse which is where our final character both two two characters go um which is jennifer jason lee and natalie portman they both not they go separately but natalie portman basically goes to meet jennifer jason lee and they see this charred body and a video camera and you're like cool gotta figure out what happened and then it's like oscar isaac who's her husband talking to the camera and i don't know why he has the weirdest southern accent oh i don't remember that at all I don't know, maybe this time when I was watching it, like, literally, I was like, he didn't have an accent until this point. Like, I'm so confused. Well, you know, if if DNA is just going everywhere in this place, maybe he got some, I don't know, southern DNA. I was so confused. I was like, where did this accent come? Like, I literally wrote, (laughs) accent question mark. What did that even, like, who, then, so basically, he's talking in the camera, and he's like, 
um, he's like, my my mind and my body is, like, it's no longer the same. Like, he can feel kind of like those worms moving, like, in the previous, um, previous like, guy. And he's like, my mind, like, I don't know what's real anymore, basically. And he talks, he's like, oh, make sure to go to Lena. And you're like, oh, shit, he's, like, talking to someone. And you realize, like, he, he blows himself up. He's the charred body. You realize that he was talking to a clone of himself. Yeah. Which is creepy. It was like weird. And then you realize that's the clone that Lena saw in the beginning. Oh, Lena is Natalie Portman's character. I keep yeah. referring to her as Natalie Portman. Um, yeah, so like. So in the end, she ends up going back and kind of just accepting that, like, the clone. Like, she. It no. seems like she wants the clone in her life and just is just going to forget about it. That's just the way I took it. But in, in the end. Like, Jennifer Jason Lee, I don't even know what happens to her. She's like, I can feel it inside me. And then she becomes, like, this light. And then this light thing becomes this, like, weird, like, holographic person. Like, it's not it's not a person. It's like a, a clone. Not even a clone. And as soon as Natalie Portman touches it, it becomes her. Yeah. And they're literally the same. Um, and she also has this tattoo on her arm. Yeah, I, I don't really know what it all means, but I like it anyway. I just kind of like how ambiguous it is. Yeah. Well, so basically, in the end, she, Natalie Farmer outsmarts the clone, and she kind of blows it up. And then she goes back, and she's like, I want to see my husband, basically. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you're not, like, you're not my husband. And he's like, I don't think so. And she's like, are you Lena? And you have this quiet moment, and then her eyes kind of have this glow, like what the other... Like, kind of like what everything else in Area X did. Uh, I guess we should also say she destroyed Area X, I feel like. No, oh, yeah. She destroyed the lighthouse, destroyed all of, like, Area X. But then it's, like, it's kind of, like, nah, like, it kind of lives on. Because she, she tests her blood in the movie, and she says, it's inside me. Oh, yeah. So that's why I think, like, she she's not the clone, but she's a mutant yeah, cause of she... Area X, and it's, it's survived in her and yeah. in him. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that would have any, like, I would like to know. I wouldn't want a whole movie of it, but I want to know what happens to her afterwards, you know? They're, like, how this yeah, the being in this like area that. affects her in the long term. I mean, I would just want, like, a paragraph or two from, like, they don't need to make that a whole movie, obviously. But just, like, a lot of interesting ideas. Yeah, about- if you're looking for, like, a good sci-fi, thriller, like, suspense movie, Annihilation is great. All female, you mm-hmm. know, cast basically. And you know, people didn't think it, were, it was gonna do well because I know really? in in America it was in theaters. Oh, abroad it um it just went straight to Netflix. Oh, really? Yeah, which is really sad because like the visuals were just so good. Like you want to see it on a bigger screen. Yeah, I can see. I saw it on my laptop, but I can definitely see how it would be cooler on mm-hmm. a bigger screen. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think if I have anything else to say. I just, I just really dig this movie. I think yeah, really I think good. cinematography was really great. Special mm-hmm. effects were sick. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I highly recommend. The plot is a lot harder to explain just because, like, it's hard to visually explain like what they see. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta watch it with a clear mind. Yeah. Because if you watch it when you're tired, it'll mess you up, and you just you'll have nightmares, and you don't want to do that. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Right. And that ends Annihilation. Yes. And now we're about, that came out in 2018, by the way. Yeah. And our next 2018 best film um, of the decade is Widows. Widows. Which I first saw um, just today because I hadn't seen it before. It was something I wanted to get around to, though, because 
I heard really good things about it. It was and great. Viola Davis should have been nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. She was incredible. Mm-hmm. So and many I, people were incredible. It was the movie. whole movie. It was just like an onion just being unpeeled because I just I didn't know where it was gonna go, and I was trying you to figure really out don't. like how are these women connected to like the the debate that's gonna go on. Yeah. Um, over one of the wards in Chicago. Yeah. Um, the one thing that threw me off that I was in the beginning when they had. They were just going through the lives of the the um, the men who were killed and their wives. Yeah. And I thought that okay, this this is just like a perfect snapshot of what their relationship is like. And mm-hmm. you have like Viola Davis She's and Liam Neeson, and it's like a very loving relationship. And then you have the girl who's being like abused. That's and it's, like um, played by Elizabeth. Debecky. She was so good. She was really good, Debicki or whatever her name. Yeah. Was. And um, they didn't go back to those flashbacks for a really long time, so I, I kind of only thought we were going to have the one. But then, as we get deeper and deeper into the story, we realize that like uh, Liam Neeson's character Harry is like a lot more deceiving than we thought he was, and that they had a child together. Yeah, you don't um, know that. But yeah. if you don't know, have not seen Widows, you can tell by its title. It's about wi- 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 women widows, <laughs> um, and basically, it's what. Four? It's yeah, it's three. Four. It's four widows. But one of them isn't really involved. It's really involved. So basically, what happens is these five, four men, um, go to rob from this gangster. Is he a gangster? No. Yeah, I think he was a who. Um, not Colin Firth's character. The other character. Um. Yeah, Brian. Uh, Brian Ty- uh, Tyree Henry. Oh, yeah. His character. They steal two million dollars from him, mm-hmm. and. When a standoff with the police, the car ex- the car explodes with the money, and they can't, and all the the husbands all die, and all the women are left with nothing. Mm-hmm. So like Elizabeth Debicki's character, like they had no more money. There's uh, Michelle Rodriguez's character. They they owned like a a dress shop. a dress shop, and she realizes after her husband dies that her husband had all these gambling debts that he used for the rent for the shop, so she could no longer have it. So she has no income. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for Viola Davis character, she's kind of I feel like the most well off. Yeah. She still lives in a very nice apartment in Chicago until um, the guy who her husband stole from comes back and is like, "You like I need the money." Yeah, need two million dollars in one month. In one month, and she's like, "I don't know what like I don't know what my husband was doing." And he was like, "I don't believe you. You have to know what your husband was doing." And mm-hmm. we're like, "Get you. You must know where the money is. You must know. You must have some money. Like you live in this nice apartment." Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, he threatens her, and she's like, what am I supposed to do? And her driver, the driver... Oh, I love the driver. Basically gives her a key that has her husband's journal. And in the journal, he's outlined this heist for Colin Farrell's house. Like, there's money in the house, but, like, yeah. And she's like, okay, like, this is how I'm going to get the money. <laughs> so she recruits... She tries to recruit all three of the other widows, but she only gets two of them, because the other one had a chi- has a child, and... She's like, no, I can't, like, involve you there. Um, and basically, this whole movie's about them, like, getting ready to this heist. And then they get a fourth woman played by, what's her name? Oh. Um, one of Tony. But anyway, she works as, like, a hairdresser. Oh, and so the hairdresser is also owned by Colin Firth's character. character. Yeah. So there's this whole, like, I, it was just really well done. Like, you don't, you weren't expecting the ending, so in the end... Like, Liam Neeson's character is alive. Yeah, I wasn't expect. I was like, like, holy shit, how does he back? Yeah, and he, like, kills the other men. Like, full-on, like, 
fakes the police shoot. I don't know if it's a fake the police shoot. He fakes it like he starts the shooting. He starts the he shooting. Starts the shooting and then and, like, gets out of the way. Gets out of the way, puts the car on fire, so everyone else dies and he lives. And then he basically put picks his wife to steal the money so he can get it. Mm-hmm. It was not what I was expecting. And then in the end, Frickin' Davis kills him, and I was like, yes. Yeah, that no, that part was crazy because. Like, she's on the ground, and then, like, he's reaching for the gun, and the gunshot goes off. And it gets me every time. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, she shot, and then she's the one who took the shot. And I'm like, yeah, that's amazing. Because also it shows, like, her growth. Like, she, she's not, so in the movie, like, she starts out as this kind of, like, cold, like, rich woman. And then you realize, like, the reason she's cold is because her son was killed by a cop mm-hmm. in Chicago. And she obviously, like, that's a tough thing to get over. Um, obviously, the husband got over it in a different way than she did um and that's why she's so kind of cold mm-hmm. but then like she kind of starts to stand up for him for herself kills her stupid husband yeah and all the other characters really like grow into themselves too like um elizabeth the becky's character alice yeah. like she she's in this circle of just like abuse. abuse first with like her mother and then her husband and then once her husband and then dies kind of, her kind mother. of viola david not to the same extent but like the same having power over her. And but I, I think her. also, like, she, Elizabeth, like, Becky's character, like, clearly didn't, like, she had no agency. Yeah. You know, like, she didn't know how to, because she had been in this cycle, she didn't know how to, like, speak up for herself. And in the mm-hmm. end of the movie, she does. Like, she, yeah. and, then, and then her and Viola Davis do become friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is, there, there is points where she's, like, Viola Davis is just like, come on, let's do this. Yeah, there was a lot of um, tension between the group. Yes. For a, a while. But I love the one scene where um, Alice, Elizabeth the Becky's character, goes into the gun shop and she's like begging the woman. She's like, oh, like, buy me a gun. Um, but she had like, but she was just pretending. Well, no, she she was just acting out this whole scenario yeah. to get the woman to buy her a gun, three guns. Yeah, there's a good mix of like women using like their sexuality and their emotions mm-hmm. like for them and also like in a genuine way but in a mm-hmm. non-genuine way it was like a good mix of that yeah no i totally agree also uh daniel daniel Palua, i forgot his last name um is in this movie as well he's a pretty scary yeah no guy. he's crazy in he's this. pretty crazy in this mm-hmm. um but he's in this movie so that's a good reason to watch as well mm-hmm. i'm trying to think i really like this i thought it was like good suspense i thought all the women were, like, so well-acted and so um, not one-dimensional. They were, like, yeah. full-fledged-out mm-hmm. characters. Mm-hmm. And I like how they would switch back and forth between really calm scenes and, and between really violent yeah. scenes. Just because, like, you had time to breathe, but also, like, it totally enhanced those violent scenes. Yeah, it felt, like, claustrophobic, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I'll rip the uh, driver. Oh, yeah, big shout-out. Big, big shout-out to the Viola Davis's driver, who only tried to help her. It got killed in the process. That's just, that's that's what happens in this world, you know? That is what Oh, and also the scene where Daniel Kalu was beating up the guy in the wheelchair. That yeah, was, that was like, unnecessary. That, that kind of was unnecessary. Why are you going to do that? Was that at the bowling alley? Yeah, that was Yeah, that was unnecessary. Yeah. Why are you going to do that? <laughs> All right, any other um, thoughts on Widows? No, I highly recommend. Yeah, I would Who too. Who is it? Who directed it again? Oh, it's uh, Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen, he did 12 Years a Slave. I think, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, he did 12 Years a Slave. And oh, it was also written by Gillian Flynn as well, I think, uh-huh. co written. So, if, like, if you're thinking, like, well written female characters who are full of, you know, <laughs> rage and 
Um, other emotions, go your friends or your girl. Yeah. She she does it well. Mm-hmm. All right. The next uh, next movie we're going to talk about also stars Dan- Daniel Kaluuya. Get uh, out. And it's Get Out. Which is written and directed by Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. Which if really... you don't already know that. Yeah. This movie, was... this movie really put him on the map for horror. Like, making one horror movie, is, and everyone's like, oh, Jordan Peele's horror now. And he does it, he does it so well, though. This also you know? has Lakeith Stanford from Knives Out. Yeah. Look at this. Lakeith Stanford has had a good couple mm-hmm. years. Um, but, so... I feel like most people have seen Get Out. I actually watched this movie for an American Horror Stories class, like, two years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And I read a whole essay on it. Wait, what was your essay about? I talked about um, how they used silence to create horror. So, like, not, like, complete Mm -hmm. silence, but, like, no talking. Yeah. So they would use, like, the soundtrack to have that horror. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not that important. (laughs) Moving moving continue. Um, But if you haven't seen Get Out, basically it's where... Daniel Kaluuya's character visits visits his white girlfriend's parents for the weekend, and like shit gets weird. Yeah. And also, like they're they're racist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they would have voted for Obama for a third for time, time. <laughs> for a third term, but really they're not good people. At least the the brothers definitely hikey. Mm-hmm. Um. And Allison Williams does not eat her cereal with milk. That's yeah. how you know she's also a psycho. I feel like by that point. She was 100%. Oh, yeah, we knew. Yeah. So, the whole film and how it was, I think, marketed was when I first saw the trailer, I was like, oh, this is like a horror film thriller. I don't really do horror films, so I was like, I want to see it, like, whatever. And then I had to watch it for class. And then, at that point, I was like, okay, like, don't be a wuss, it's for class. And I was like, oh, this is not, like, horror, horror. This is, like... More psychological, more psychological horror, which yeah. is like something I can watch. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of like jump scares. Like that's not yeah. what I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really good. And it, like not only made you think, it was nothing that I would ever expect. Yeah. Like it was so original. I remember like when we had our Oscar party. I was like, I was like, if Get Out, like I, I was like, I don't know if Get Out's gonna win because you know the Oscar don't always vote for the correct movie um but i i was like in my opinion i was like get out should should win it was the most original movie that year and i yeah. did win and i was really happy mm-hmm. but like yeah. it sh- i would never have thought of this and it was so it was like, just it was, it was just all very well thought out it was very well thought mm-hmm. out yeah um the other part i really liked about that is all the um the, his friend who works for tsa oh yeah had a lot of funny moments wait oh that's that's little Rel- Howery. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. He was also really funny. There's a, um, so if you don't know, basically what happens is they find out that she, that the family basically has, that they do these brain transplants where they transplant the brains of their rich white friends into young African-American people. And, and yeah, and they're no longer like. Yeah, their brain becomes tracked. Trapped in the sunken zone after that, just yeah. like for all eternity. For all eternity. Mm-hmm. And, and then like, Allison Williams' character, he finds out, is constantly bringing home, like, or has a whole box of past boyfriends who are all black, and he kind of realizes, like, oh, this is what's going to happen to me, and, like, tries to escape, and is almost caught, um, but then manages to get out at the end. Get out at the end. Oh, that was so good. Get, oh, my gosh. Um, That's good. That's so good. he ends up being like victorious at the end, but there's another version that um, that Jordan Peele talked about where he doesn't get out. Yeah, where he actually he goes to jail. So at the end of yeah. the movie, he's basically he kills 
his former girlfriend. He's choking her, and there's a police car that comes. And I remember, like, because we, we watched this film, it was, like, a bunch of us from class are watching, and everyone was like, oh, no. Like, because oh, your, your initial thought is, he's a black man, he's killing... You can see he's a young white white woman. There's no way he's not going to jail. And then in this, in the movie that they ended up showing was that it's actually his friend um, from TSA who's like, I'm here to save you. Mm -hmm. But in another version where it's actually the cops and he ends up in jail and he's kind of like the cycle of like, you know, oppression. There's not much he can do. Mm -hmm. Oh, that would have made me. So that would be. He been said horrible. it was too depressing, and I'm like, yeah, it is too depressing. That is too, good call, Jordan Field. Good, good, good call. Um, I agree with that. But when I was watching this in the theater, there was just such a high energy. Like, um, the main character Chris, like you can just root for, like you're obviously rooting for him, and there was just so much cheering, and then so much typical, like, oh, don't go in there, don't go in there. Uh, so it's just this was just like a very memorable showing for me. It was, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, I'm trying to think what else. Was it nominated for anything else? Wait, it was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. It was. It was It was mm-hmm. very well done. Yeah. Oh, um, I like the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So, it doesn't start out with um, Daniel Kaluuya's character. It starts out with Lucky Stanford's character, where he's just, like, walking down the street, and he gets kidnapped, and they play this song, um... Keep talking. I'll find the oh. song, but it's like it's very specific. I remember my teacher like. Just yeah, no, about I don't. I don't remember what the song was. But while you're finding that, I'll just give a shout out to the poster too, because I'm always a I'm always a fan of a good poster, and also like the runtime isn't that long either. It's only one hour forty four minutes. Where some of the movies today are just so long, and I'm just like, if you can make it like short and just be like bam, 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 keep the pace rolling, and which this movie totally does. Like I can't think of a time where it's like oh nothing's really happening or we don't need this scene like it's all very necessary allison williams is really good in it. actually ever you know everyone was just really good in it and you just you don't really know what's going on but just as it get, it just gets worse and worse things continue. oh, oh so do you have it's it? called run rabbit run that's the song oh. and it's a it's written by noel gay and ralph butler and basically mm-hmm. it's like a super upbeat song yet he's getting like yeah. In the first scene of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. He obviously comes back and he like utters the title of the film mm-hmm. to um Daniel Daniel Kaluuya's character. Mm-hmm. And did you also see us? I have not seen yeah. that. I remember mm-hmm. I wanted to get free tickets to that. Oh it right. Did not get yeah. the, it did not win the <laughs> the thing. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I heard that's that's also like he, that's odd because the the song's called like it has to do with rabbits. I know in that movie. Yeah, like, no, bodies. that's that's sort of what I was just thinking. Oh, uh, what you were thinking? Yeah. Of? yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, shall we move on to our last movie of the yeah, decade? So our top, our final fifth movie of the decade that we thought is best of the decade is you can't mention the decade without mentioning Wes Anderson. Mm. And our most favorite Wes Anderson film is The Grand, Grand Budapest Hotel. Honestly, every frame of this movie could just be its own painting. Just, it was so, so well shot, yeah. so detailed, and I always appreciate when um, when a director just you can tell just every single scene looks at it and it's just like everything needs to be perfect, and that's so Wes Anderson to a T. Like this is his most Wes Anderson movie for sure. I agree. Mm-hmm. I really love this. I think this is this is one of the first one, first Wes Anderson films. 
I had seen. Mm-hmm. I don't even think I even saw it in theaters. I think I just like saw it on TV. Oh. And it it has our favorite Saoirse Ronan in it. <laughs> Literally love her. Cannot cannot get enough. Yeah, no the um, the cast in this is out of control because it's like Ralph Fiennes, Jude Law, Edward Norton, William Dafoe. Jeff Goldblum. Oh, Willem Dafoe, too. I know, yeah, he was crazy in this. Of course, those are, like, also, like, his classic actors. It's, like, Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Mm-hmm. As the old woman. She's incredible. Yeah. Um, I just, I love the storytelling in this film. Mm-hmm. It feels very, like, not even fantasy, but childlike, in a way. Because mm-hmm. the way the film is told is it's told um, in as, like, a past tense. Like, this little girl... It's like reading a book at a graveyard, and then the book is about this man going back to the hotel that he had once been to, and not this man. This guy goes in the hotel, and they see this man who, I guess, was part who worked at the hotel, telling him a story of what it once was. Mm-hmm. And you start out with this very like orange kind of seventies hotel, like a lot of concrete, and then you get into this world of like pastel pink. I know. There's always like miniature paintings and stuff and it's just like all very it's very specific yeah, but very in a specific. in a well caught away mm-hmm. food like they also like oh one, yeah so Sharon's character is a baker so they have like very precise like pastries and and even like it's also funny which is was not like what I was expecting oh yeah because there's one scene I always think is so funny and it's the concierge telling um I think who was the reporter I think it was um Jude Law, who was, like, playing the reporter there. And all of a sudden, this guy's choking just out of nowhere. And she's just like, shit. And then has to run over. It's just, like, very good comedic timing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's something was this, he does really well. Whereas, like, the lines themselves might not be inherently funny, but the way they're timed among, like, everything else happening in the movie, like, it's pretty funny. Like, there's yeah. a the running gag where they're on the train and his, his like, assistant named Zero is, like, like a, an immigrant because he just has papers, and, like, they're staying on the train, and he's, like, do you have your papers? And they have this, like, look, like, this really intense look, and it's, like, no, and then he starts, like, beating him up, and yeah. I'm, like, oh, great. Yeah, uh, Zero played by uh, Tony Revolori. He did yes, a very good job. He's in uh, Spider-Man as well. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing I like about this movie is that, well, going back, there's just so many details that I didn't recognize before. Like, during the first shot of the Grand Budapest Hotel... There's catacombs underneath the hotel, but did you see like all the no. bones? Yeah, there's like. Oh no, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's just like details like that, um, and when the old lady dies and he's commenting on her skin routine and saying like, "Oh, you changed your nails; they look so much better." Oh man, I love when there's a bunch of like cops there and they're talking to um, the concierge and Zero. So he just like straight up runs. Yeah, runs away. <laughs> Like, that's, like, some great community. He's, like, running in this huge hallway. It's, like, how are they not going to get you? Yeah. I also love how he escapes from jail. So, at some point, I think it's Gustav, his name, right? Yeah. He ends up in jail, and Zero, with his girlfriend, Sir Sharona's character, basically, they give him pastries, but and they're clearly shaped like tools. Like, it was, like, it was like a knife and a hammer, but it was, it was covered in, like, pastry. So, they were, like, of course they're not going to tell. And then they... Like, they're, everyone was, like, cool. But that's just, like, some of the comedic things that are happening when they call the other concierge. Yeah. These little <laughs> concierge, um, mm-hmm. like, secret society. Yeah. 
Oh, the one thing that kind of reminded me of, because when I was watching Knives Out, I was like, I've seen this scene before, but I forget where. And it was in Grand Budapest Hotel when the old lady's giving away, like, all of her stuff, and Ralph Fiennes' character gets, um, to, what is it? It was, like, the painting. Boy with Apples. Boy with Apples. Boy with Apples. Which is, like, the name of the most, like, basic painting of literally a boy with, with an apple. Mm-hmm. But it's super famous, and everyone wants it, and every, yeah. all the relatives are angry that he was the one who got it. Uh, and there's this one really funny scene where um, Zero wants to go look at the painting, and they're standing there together. And one of the things that a lava boy has to be good at is, like, interpreting what people want. So without, without even thinking, he runs over and grabs a stool for him to get up and steal the painting. Um, and I thought that was funny. And they replaced it with this other, like... Um, Erotic painting. Yeah, erotic painting. <laughs> and you can see, like, the dust of where the painting used to yeah, be. Yeah, because they're two totally different And the shapes, erotic yeah. painting, like, nowhere covers that. So yeah. it's just, like, a weird um, switch. Yeah. You're like, clearly something was taken there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a funny moment. It's a funny moment. Um, I'm trying to think what else. It's just, like, very stylistic. Like, there's a lot of weird zooms that I appreciate. He's, like, a, he's a good wide zoom. Wide. Yeah. Wide, wide angle guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, it's like all Wes Anderson films are very aesthetically pleasing, but I think this oh, yeah. one is, like, my favorite. Yeah, I think this like, is my, definitely my favorite Wes Anderson. It's quirky enough because it's kind of its own world a little mm-hmm. bit, where, like, this stuff didn't exist in, like, real, like our own reality, but there's yeah. a point where, like, it does not his. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, it's so much in the past where, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's always the question that comes up, it's like, oh... If you could go to one movie location, like, where would it be? And I feel like the Grand Budapest Hotel is a very good answer. It looks so much fun. It's, like, this huge pink hotel on this, um, like, mountain. And, Mm -hmm. like, it's fun also because West Anderson does a lot with, like, mini models and stuff like that. You can tell, like, the wide shots of the Grand Budapest Hotel. Like, it's not CGI. It's just straight up a model. And I feel like that adds to, like, it's it's work and charm. Yeah. Because everyone's seen wide shots of, like, beautiful buildings before. And, like, uh, yeah, they're beautiful. But, like, is Wes Anderson is always trying to find something different to do. And I really appreciate yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And he has, like, a really specific tone that I think plays throughout all of his films. Yeah. And it's just so, like, on the nose. Like, it works so well. It makes them really rewatchable, too. Because Grand Budapest Hotel is, like, a very rewatchable movie. I agree. Um, I agree. Okay, and the soundtrack for it? freaking amazing i listen to the soundtrack when i study all the time yeah it's so great Mm -hmm. it's like so much fun and this year um or the year it was nominated it was also running against um the imitation game and alexander desplat did both of those scores so when they so during my like oscar bid when i was i think i put imitation game and they were like alexander desplat i'm like which one is it um but i could definitely see why it went to um Grand Budapest Hotel instead of Imitation Game because without the soundtrack, like not just the movie doesn't fall apart, but it just isn't the same movie. No, it's it just, definitely yeah. isn't. No, yeah. I think because for Wes Anderson film and especially this one, everything is so carefully chosen. Mm-hmm. Like the music, the costumes, the way they say everything. Like if one thing was off, it just wouldn't work. But because yeah. everything was so on point, mm-hmm. it works so well together. Yeah, it won for costume design. Makeup and hairstyling, which it totally deserved. Um, music and production design. Oh, if they lost for production design, they made I'd a ride. mini hotel. Yeah, like, you can't not do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so good. 
And it's just it's just fun to watch. Yeah. It's just very lighthearted. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Like even though there's like someone gets like they think Gustav murdered the old <laughs> woman and like they're on the run and like even um who does Gustav die? Yeah. And his like Sersha Ronan's character, they both die. Yeah. It's still like super lighthearted. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, no, the one part that really broke me, like, after knowing that um, Sarah Ronin's character dies during the beginning and he's talking about his life, he's like, oh, we'll get to her later. Um, and then oh, yeah. they just follow her shot for so long. And even though they don't show his face, you almost feel like, oh, he wants to talk about her. Because, like, that's yeah. the love. So who's, the, I think Zero's the one telling the story. Yeah, Zero. So he's the one telling, ba- telling it back to Jude mm-hmm. Law's character who wrote the book that the girls reading in the um <laughs> so convoluted in, in the cemetery just casually um and he's like oh yeah we get married and like what two three years later she dies and i'm like no mm-hmm. they were so in love and like so perfect for each other yeah yeah do you have do you have a favorite on this list out of these movies i mean um, it's hard to say because like it's really hard because these are yeah. like they're all very different yeah. I feel like we should do honorable mentions of movies we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. So honorable mention of one of my absolute favorite movies of the year. It has to be Lady Bird. Oh, you I love loved, it. I love yeah. Lady Bird mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. Also, Shape of Water, which I really enjoyed. Um, oh, gosh. Now it's, like, hard to think. Um, I think those are good. Yeah. What are movies you're looking forward to? Oh, yeah. So for the 2020, um, I'm looking forward to Little Woman coming <laughs> I'm seeing that Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to 1917. Oh, I've heard such Sam good Mendes. reviews about that. One shot um, of two guys in World War One. Let's go. Yeah. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, uh, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. The yes. trailer just came out today. Mm-hmm. So we're both very excited for that. Oh, um, the next. Well, I think I'm confused. I'm intrigued. I wouldn't say I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm intrigued. I will probably end up watching it. You know that next Avatar movie's coming out? It's been 10 I thought years. I it was 2021. Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. That's two years away, but it's still next decade. <laughs> still next decade. Still next uh, decade. Oh, excited for Wonder Woman? Oh, yeah, that's really Let's go. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Um, that's the movies I feel like I've heard about the most. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, so, uh, I guess we're going to leave you here. Yeah, thanks uh, for joining us, and have a good rest have, of your happy decade. Happy New Year. Yeah, happy New Year, happy holidays. Mm-hmm.